What's up, what's up, y'all? This is Dave. And this is Devin. And you're listening to the Dave and Dev Podcast. Hello, everybody. How are you today, Devin? I am doing well. It is Thursday, October 11th, when we were recording this podcast. Hey. Uh, Dave, Dave, Dave. Uh, last time we left off, we sold to people that we were going to have some big news. You mind sharing? Yeah, man. So this is just the first part of the big news. So just we're just going to keep news coming for y'all. So first and foremost, we are now on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and several other of your favorite podcast sites and apps. Plus, we'll be adding more in the coming weeks. And we just got on Instagram and Twitter at Dave and Dev Podcast. So follow us on your favorite social media outlet. And we'll be posting updates and, you know, blog posts and links to our podcast and different things like that. You know, pictures of whatever we feel like posting. (laughs) And uh, Devon's been posting some quotes on our Facebook page. So those will probably make it to Twitter. And, uh, you know, maybe we'll hit them with that screenshot on Instagram. You know, who knows? But come follow us on our social media sites because we're pretty cool people, you know. I think it's a great tool to engage and have that conversation at the table like we were talking, like the whole podcast started off with. And you just want to have these conversations with people. It's just another way that you guys can engage with us. So I'm excited about the social media thing. Yeah, for sure. Me too, man. I think that there's just uh, a lot of people that use different platforms and use different sites. And so I think we can be able to reach you know new and different people and um that people can interact with us and they can see, you know, not just when we post an update, you know, but when we just want to say something or when we want to share an article or whatever. So I'm really excited about it. Definitely. Yeah. So follow us. Don't forget. It is at Dave and Dave podcast. That's right. Uh, That's right. So follow us on, you can follow us on Facebook or on Instagram, we're on Twitter, and our emails is at Dave and Podcast at gmail.com. So if you ha- are interested in having a conversation with us, just follow us on any one of those sites and we'll get back with you as soon as we can. That's right, that's right. Hey, not right, not right. Too crazy with the flow, and I'm not right. I can tell something wrong with the back of the spirit keep telling me, buddy, something not right. Living in a very dark world, and I'm just trying to shine real bright like cop lights. I don't really trust too much, but I know God watching my back like top flight, top flight, top flight. Too crazy with the flow, man, I'm not right. I can tell something wrong with the back of the spirit keep telling me, buddy, something not right. Living in a very dark world, and I'm just trying to shine real bright like top lights. I don't really trust too much, but I know. All right, I'll kick this off, man. Talk about a little college football. Uh, we recorded last week on Saturday morning, and it was before all the games played out. Um, <coughs> excuse me. You had Oklahoma lose to Texas. I don't know how much that hurts him in the grand scheme of things. Ohio State ended up winning by two touchdowns or three touchdowns. It was a struggle. It was a struggle bus. And then Kentucky. Kentucky lost. I'm not yeah. – I'm definitely disappointed in the loss. But I noticed an alarming trend between Saturday and Sunday – I yeah. watched probably uh, seven, maybe eight college and NFL games. So the alarming trend is that I saw in each one of those games, 
maybe multiple times, but definitely at least one time in each game where the team had third and one or third and two, and they did not run the ball. Oh, my gosh. Are you going to bring up the Oakland Raider thing? Oh, anything. Yeah. Every team I saw. So not one time was the ball run on third and one or third and short, third and two. And I'm talking, and I would say in half of those games, I would feel 100% confident giving it to the running back that was in the backfield. So we're not talking about we have a scrub back there that we don't feel conf- you know, confident that can get it to the line of scrimmage or, or get it to the uh, first down line. I mean, we're talking about Kentucky and Benny Snell. Yeah. The Bengals and Joe Mixon, these are the two that I can specific. And Joe Mixon has been running the ball great. I mean, yeah. three, four yards a carry. So don't tell me he can't go get you one and a half yards, Cincinnati, even though y'all won. Please stop doing that joke. It's making me mad. Uh, and then, I mean, just a handful of other times that I saw it. And then, yeah, it happened, I think, last week, right, with Oakland? Marshawn Lynch. and Marshawn Lynch. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Third and one. And that was in a goal line situation, too. Yes, exactly. Cost him the game. Oh, but uh, but the crazy thing about it, though, is that not one of those times did the team convert the pass play. So it's like, why? What's the risk and reward? You know what I'm saying? Especially when you have a guy like Marshawn Lynch back there or, you know, in a X name for a solid running back. When yeah. you could just, you know, at least attempt for the first down when you have a good running back. I just don't get it, man. I don't get I play got, calling. Like, I, I get it to one extent because everyone expects you to run. But that's, like, that's the time where you just got to say, my offensive line is better than your defensive line. And we're going to get one yard from you. Even if, even if you pit eight people in the box, we're going to get one yard. And so, I just – it just it's, blows my mind. Yeah, it's frustrating. But, I mean, because I saw Cleveland the week before, do a, they ran the ball fourth and one with Carlos Hyde. And even though the cameras say that they got it, the referee said that he was short. I'm still a little bitter about that if you can't tell. <laughs> no, I understand, man. And, I honestly, I'm a little bitter about the U.K. game the way that it turned out in that – pass it because I just feel like that would have been a game changer play for them because Benny was running so well and fortunately the Bengals ended up you know winning still even regardless of that play so gosh that offense right now it it, 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 this is the first game they look bad Kentucky I'll give the defense credit your defense is awesome but the offense right now I mean you can't be a one trick pony I I, I mean this is my I'm going to be critical here Wilson has played great up until last week, but I wouldn't say he's played great. He's played above average. Yeah, he's got to learn how to. He's got to learn how to be a quarterback better than just a a runner. You know, I better. agree. Because when you get and in third and long situations, him, but it, no one, but it, it goes to no one. These third and long situations, he, I mean, he, he struggles with clearly, and so For that's sure. that's a huge weakness. I mean, these next couple of weeks. They should be winning their games. They should win their games by double digits. They should be favored by double digits. The Georgia game is going to be interesting. Uh, Georgia plays LSU this weekend. And then we got uh, Wisconsin and Michigan. Wisconsin and Michigan. Yeah, that's uh, the uh, game day game. 
Yeah. So and then I, so I'm gonna make a prediction here. Um, I'm gonna say I'm never going to I'm never gonna choose Michigan to win anything. Sorry, Michigan fans, if you're listening to this. So <laughs> uh, I thought you were going to. <laughs> you know, like I I'm not even gonna try to reason. Well, I I just I there's just something in me that I can't. I just don't like that team. So we're going to go Wisconsin wins by six. I'm going to go Wisconsin by 10. And I agree with you because I don't like picking Michigan either. Also, Wisconsin is one of those teams that they always find a way. If they lose a game at some point in the season to like win out and put themselves in a position to like be in conversation for like Big Ten title and right on the edge of the playoff. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're always, yeah. like, a one or two lost team. So, I just see them as being, like, going, like, the rest of the season without a loss. You know what I'm saying? Especially yeah. if they – where they kind of had a bad loss. Yep. We have uh, Ohio State playing against Minnesota at home. Oh, they're, they're going to win by 60, maybe. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to say <laughs> – I mean, at least mm, – Let's go with twenty one to win that I one. Think, I think twenty one is a very good line. Yeah. Uh and then uh is Tech well, one last thing I wanna ask you. Is Texas like teams like Texas and Notre Dame, like are they for real? What do you think? I think Notre Dame's for real and I hate to say that because I don't know. It makes me I will say this. The like Person, the part of me that loves football enjoys seeing Notre Dame be good because I think it raises the level of competition across the country, if that makes sense. It's almost like how when the Yankees and the – when Duke and – Oh, gosh. the You know what I'm saying? You just have, like, these traditional teams when they're good. It just – it feels like everything else elevates, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I feel the same way about, like, the NFL watching um, the Bears be back playing better. You know what I'm saying? Just these teams that, like, traditionally have had good teams that have struggled for the last, you know, little bit. I just feel like it raises the level of overall play in the leagues that, you know, the respective leagues. And so it's the same thing I feel about, like, Notre Dame and um, if USC, you know, were to be better. Texas right there in the mix, you just – it's great to see Texas being better because they've they're a powerhouse. Yeah, you know sure. they can they have so much money funneling into their from their boosters and whatnot, and so when they can push through and be successful, I think it just elevates the level of play. But it's clearly not elevating the rest of the Big Twelve because oh gosh, yeah, it's like what Texas, Oklahoma. Who else? You know, maybe one more team that's even remotely competitive, and then after that, West Virginia. Oh be... yeah, yeah, West Virginia, yeah. So they're, I forgot they're that in the Big Twelve. They're interesting because that offense is explosive. That quarterback is money. I know. It's so it's wild. I don't know. The Big, I like I said, I have a bias towards the Big Ten and SEC. For sure, yeah. For sure. I mean. I, I think that that uh, quarterback, if they end up, you know, finishing with a pretty decent season, I think he's probably the Heisman winner. Really? Um, yeah. I, I mean, I, again, I'm biased. Like, 
I think uh, Kyle Murray. Yeah, Kyler then, Murray. Yeah. Kyler Murray, sorry. And then uh, Dwayne Haskins have been. I think they're all ridiculous. in there for sure. I think if the play calling would have been better against Texas A&M, you'd still have Benny up there in the top three or top four. But well, you know what? I'm not ready to take Benny out yet. I I'm think. not either, but he definitely fell, and it wasn't his fault. That's the worst part. Yeah, 47 yards of offense in the second half before that last drive. So. Oh, I know. Yeah, and he had 47 yards of offense plus some <laughs> on that drive by himself. <laughs> like, yeah. Feed the beast. I remember when uh, – Carlos Hyde played at Ohio State, man. You remember we would sit together and watch games and just be like, feed the beast. Like, give him the rock, man. That's one thing. I <laughs> Give mean, him the rock. I, I love I love running backs, and I love a good running back do work. So, I, I'd rather see a good running back over a good receiver. If that makes, like, if that makes oh, sense. Oh, for sure, yeah. I think that, you know, running backs can just have such an insane impact on the game when they can – you know, get hit two, three yards after the line of scrimmage and bust it for 10. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, and they yeah. do that three or four times. It's just, it's insane. It's it's a work of art to watch. Yeah, Bro, we got to switch gears right now and talk about Jimmy Buckets. Can you tell the people what happened yesterday in the I, world of the Minnesota Timberwolves? So, oh my goodness. Yesterday, so if you haven't been paying attention to the NBA, Jimmy Butler, who plays for the Minnesota Timberwolves, requested for a trade yesterday or for over the summer. And so a lot of people wasn't expecting him to be around. He didn't come to training camp. Uh so they had a they had a practice yesterday and Jimmy Butler shows up. And this is after might like might I tell you, can we just take a moment just to recognize that the NBA is the greatest league on this planet? Yes, bro. How has this preseason been so exciting? Okay, continue. I'm sorry. Because <laughs> you get Jimmy Butler requesting for a trade, and you get rumors of him calling Carl Anthony Towns soft. And then you get Andrew Wiggins' brother tweeting out, <laughs> finally. And then you get, in the middle of the night, Steven Jackson and Andrew Wiggins Going through a Twitter beef, I mean, this this is amazing. Steven let's Jackson. Let's not forget that. Let's not forget that Jimmy Buckets was out there trying to holler at Gabriel Union, and D Wade was like, "Hold up, it's amazing. It's an amazing." <laughs> I <league>. never forget. <laughs> you got Steven Jackson at three o'clock in the morning, in a tank top and a and a beater, a, a, a tank top and a and a do rag. <laughs> Probably smoking a black and mild. <laughs> Talking trash. Saying I'm from the old school. I mean, this this this, this is on this is on the beginning of the story. And he says, and so Jimmy Butler, after all after all that sends out a video of him working out saying, you know, thank the Lord finally, you know, like kind of mocking Andrew Wiggins' brother. Andrew Wiggins if you don't know anything about the story, Andrew Wiggins is his teammate in Minnesota. Okay, so this goes. I mean, this this is this is deep. We got beef in between. This team. is in Minnesota, bro. This isn't even LA or New York. This is Minnesota. Like, so no offense, real. Minnesota <laughs> is one of the is like the top five most boring states that we have in this country. So yes. I mean, I had a teammate that was from Minnesota, 
And I asked him, like, what's fun to do out there? Like, in the whole state. I gave him the whole state of Minnesota. What is fun to do? And he couldn't give me much. He said it snows and we go to the lake. That's it. So not much is happening out there. But Jimmy Butler, you just blessed the state. Because, I mean, this is the most entertaining thing they've had in years. So, anyways, he shows up to practice. It's a shock to everybody. The memes that people have been get, like coming out with are great. He comes to practice. He like he goes through practice. They scrimmage. Jimmy Butler takes the third string and plays against the starters, and he beats the starters. But that's not even that's not even the most surprising part. <laughs> no, it's not even the best part. It gets better. Starts cussing out the owner, saying and the coaches and the coaches and the players. He said, "You effing need me," and then hit you know. Hitting a shot, saying "trade me," dunking on Carl Anthony Towns, saying "you're soft," <laughs> making Wiggins miss, and saying "you're softer." Carl Anthony Towns, okay, mind you, when I was in college, we played against him. Gave me buckets. I mean, this dude is a hooper. He just signed, he just up, signed a max deal. I mean, this dude is yes. legit. I'll give him credit. All right, rumors saying that he's saying Jokic is better. Jokic is a player that plays in Denver. Um. Saying that he's better than Carl Anthony Towns, just going straight off. All right. And then, and then, Dave, get this. Afterwards, does an hour interview with Rachel Nichols. This man ain't talked to the press all summer long. So, he's like, you know what? I'm just going to go ball out on my teammates and I'm just going to go talk to Rachel Nichols afterwards. <laughs> yeah. So, you want to talk about entertaining day? The, I mean, Probably one of the best NBA stories of my lifetime. I mean, truthfully, just hilarious to me. Like, we're going to have an NBA preview show. And so tune into that. But we this is, this is, we had to talk about this. We, we just could not not talk about it. I, just what a great thing to happen. And to cap off the NBA yesterday, LeBron and Lonzo played together for the first time last night. Uh, Lebronzo. To give you their celebrity couple name, yeah. Um, LeBron looked great in 18 minutes. Flex doesn't on look like he's after, slowing down. Flex on him after a layup. I'm a little worried about his health this year. I just feel like the Western Conference is going to be so much more of a grueling task than the Eastern Conference has been. But I think he's probably in the best shape of his life still oh at year 16, and I just don't understand how. That's wild. It's, he it's just looked. How did she just keep looking more f- like physically in shape and better? Yeah. He, and then and he, he hits like a 47 foot jump shot last night to end the half to top just, off everything else. Yeah. Just, oh, someone, I remember that show Sports Science. Mm-hmm. They need to do a Sports Science just on like. Super athletes, like they. I mean, you could have like LeBron and like Bo Jackson. Remember Herschel, Herschel Walker? Herschel Walker? Oh yeah, yeah. Some of the like the the best athletes ever. No, nah, I totally agree. That would be that would be super awesome. And to hear how they like do it, because like I know LeBron, he spends a lot of money on like training and recovery and chefs and things like that. So it'd be really cool to see that. That's a good idea, man. We should pitch that to somebody. 
telling you. I mean, I, I mean, speaking of like freak athletes, like I'm, I'm interested in seeing how Zion Williams, uh, Williamson is going to do this year at Duke. Me uh, too, man. Me too. I'm still the jury. The jury is still out for me. Uh, side note, Stefan Marbury. Don't you ever say that Zion Williamson is better than, like, don't you ever say that he's better than LeBron? Stop it. Did he say that? I didn't see that. He did. He did. Earned, not given. Okay, so let's let's just wait till this man plays one one real game. He got oh, a, he got a tough one coming up against Kentucky, so we'll see if he's the real deal. I, I mean, is he is he like the 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 highlight tapes like they're they're impressive? Okay, I'll put it that. Oh way. yeah, he's a freak athlete, and he's like six foot eight, two hundred and sixty pounds. <laughs> like so, he's a freak athlete. I mean, I just I want to I want to see him do something else other than dunk. First, but First shot, I, me too. I am impressed with his athletic ability, but I want to see how it <coughs> translates into a forty-minute game. For sure, I agree. All right, so transitioning as we typically do, yes, sir, uh, into kind of like a more serious discussion. <laughs> um, so last week uh, we talked about you know Mac Miller. Uh, this week, if you have been paying attention to the news at all. The big thing that has been going on has been uh, the Supreme Court Justice uh, Judge Kavanaugh. As we're not going to get too much into that talk uh, today about, like, you know, his ethics or what he does. Because, I mean, to be honest with you, I feel um, unqualified to really dive deep into that into that conversation. Um, but we, I mean, we we may we may uh, sooner in the near future talk about something along those lines uh we just want to talk about just the uh the practice of justice uh something that i've noticed over the last uh couple of years especially since i've been a christian i've been more keen to it is the uh is the concept of justice in this country um so you know obviously like big things that come up is like colin kaepernick and him taking a kneel and uh, and what he's saying, he says, taking a kneel for, for justice. And then you have movements that happen, such as the uh, Black Lives Matter movement. And uh, then you have things like uh, the social justice statement from John MacArthur in, in his church and have several other people sign those things. Um, so it just seems to be something that is like reoccurring and even a, like somewhat of a theme over the last few years. Uh, and maybe I'm ignorant to it, and maybe it's been a theme for longer than the last few years in this country, but it's just something that I've just I've noticed over the last couple of years. Um, so I wanted to kick it off uh, just by talking about the the concept of justice. Um, and like when is like uh, when is an appropriate time to display civil disobedience? So um, I'll start, I'll kick it off. Start. I'll let you start off with answer that question, Dave. When do you think is a is a proper time for Christians or anyone to display civil disobedience? So I think that when we look at you know from a biblical worldview and then from a secular worldview, I think the answers are obviously going to be different as yeah. far as at what point to you know, protests or to be a civil disobedience. However, I do think you're going to find an intersection in the sense that, like, at some point, the reason that 
people get to uh, that place where they're upset enough to take a stand or take a knee or whatever the case might be, that it's because that has corrupted a part of their belief system or their moral values, and they feel so inclined to protest, to be a civil disobedience. And I think that that looks different for, you know, the different sides of the spectrum there, you know what I'm saying? But I do think that there's a common underlying factor to why people are driven to that, if that makes sense. Yeah. So in that facet, in, you know, in that space, I think that as Christians, like, we should stand up for what we believe in from a biblical, you know, standpoint. Like, like I think that people that were protesting abortion, like, that's a great biblical worldview protest. And I'm not talking about, like, I'm not talking about, like, the people that are like, oh, if you go to the clinic to get help, like, you're a terrible person. No, like, that's, like, we should have more educational help centers, crisis centers, things like that. I I think that we should be all four types of places like that where people can go and, you know, where women can go and seek help and figure out what, you know, whether it's adoption or, you know, just help finding a doctor, whatever the case might be. You know what I'm saying? I yeah. just, I, I think that people that are for, that are pro-abortion feel like people that are, protesting against abortion are just so like oh we don't care about women's bodies because that's you know what i'm saying like yeah I, you know especially being married having two kids like i 100 percent care about my wife's body you know and and what she's gone through i know what like physical anguish she's gone through for you know 18 19 months put together between her two pregnancies and not to mention the fact that, you know, she breastfeeds. So I see how that affects this facet, you know, in this time in life. So don't tell me that, you know, because I think I, I think that everyone has a right to live, um, you know, from conception that I, I don't care about that. So just one point about, you know, that yeah. being the case, I think that that's a great, you know, place to start in terms of like when I felt like Christians have had really valuable protesting was that um, I, I say that like I, so I work in education and I tell students all the time that first of all we got to be better to listen uh, so we got to listen to like what people are saying and what are the real what are the real problems and then when we respond we got to we got to respond in in this thing, we got to know that everyone, no matter what side of the table that you're on, everyone wants two things. They want dignity and they want respect. For sure. If you can give them those two things, then you can get a conversation started. And that then go, it can go a long way from there. Uh, from the biblical worldview, uh, the concept of justice, first and foremost, is, is a God-ordained con- concept. Correct. Uh, you look at books like uh, Daniel and you look at Esther and you look at how they did, well, Daniel, for example, uh, he did things, uh, you know, he did things, what the government told him to do until it was against the word of God, until it was yep. against what God told him to do. 
Astra, on the other hand, she was living outside the will of God at first, uh, but uh, she didn't. She didn't knew that she she was she couldn't do anything without God, yeah. and she eventually did things of she did things. Uh, she prayed, and eventually things started started working, and you know, it, for for the glory of God. You know, that's how she obtained justice. I mean, and the story keeps going on and on and on. One of the books I like to, to, to reference when it comes to justice is Amos. Uh, but Jesus talks about different concepts of justice. You know, when I was hungry, you didn't feed me. Uh, I think those are in uh, his, he goes off into Matthew 25 of how we can be so cold towards other people. But uh, it, but I mean, it even it even gets enacted in to when he says, love God and then love your neighbor as yourself. And so, so like if you if you truly believe in justice, like and if you tr- truly call yourself a Christian, then the concept of justice should be, you know, enacted in those things every day. So this is kind of like something. Obviously, this is going to be like a much deeper conversation. Oh, for, for sure, yeah. But just want to like introduce kind of like where we stand as a podcast on these topics, and then hopefully that we can get to you know to talking about it more. We can bring in guests who have uh, different opinions or even the same kind of to support our opinions on these things. And you yeah, know, I think it's important to know that like, it's okay to like fight for what you believe in. Yeah. Right. I think that honestly, I wish that we had more people that were willing to take action, maybe necessarily instead of just protesting. Like one thing I'll say about, Colin Kaepernick, whether you agree or disagree with his protest, with his method of protest, the guy has placed action. He's put money into um, different organizations. He's done a lot of work in his communities to build what he was fighting for. You know what I'm saying? To yes. help funnel in money for education and and how to interact with the police and things like that. So there's action there. So what I'm trying to get at is that if you if you feel some type of way about something and protesting, yeah, that's great. But what action can you have? And how can you go in and listen to people that think differently than you or think similarly than you come out of it with a new refreshed or more focused opinion and put it into action to make whatever you're trying to make better. Right. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. Um, I'll end it with this. Like I'll, I'll, this is, this kind of be one of my last statements. When it comes to justice, especially injustice in this in this country, if you know more about a particular political candidate than you do Jesus Christ, then you might want to check uh, who you're truly worshiping. Okay, Devin, you're just gonna end with that heat. Yeah, I mean, this is something. Okay, that drop I've, the mic, bro. Yeah, I've, I've noticed that a lot of people will align more with the political party than they will the Son of God or Son of Man. Uh, I 100% agree with you. So, so no matter who is in office, you have to know who is on the throne. It doesn't; yep. those things don't. It doesn't matter. You know what's biblical, what's true, what's undefiled, what's pure. Those are the things that we that we worship. That's those are those are Christ-like things. But those things that it doesn't matter if you know Jesus wasn't. He wasn't a donkey. It wasn't a, he wasn't for the donkeys. He wasn't for the elephants. You know that dude. He was for he was for like his people. He was forgotten for the people, just and like I, the the verse says. 
Yeah, and that's and that's and that's it. And so, I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to fit my religion my religion into a political view. Um, I'm just trying to just I'm worshiping Jesus. I'm following Jesus. Okay, sure. and and once I follow Jesus, whatever whatever comes out of that, I mean, like it's it's funny because we I mean we've said on this we've written a, an article about kneeling, which tends to be, you know, Colin Kaepernick is in his kneeling. It tends to be like a subject that most people on the left politically, you know, they typically agree with. And then uh, you just mentioned today, like, you know, anti-abortion, which typically seems to be something that on the right that people tend to, to tote. So like as a Christian, I truly believe that as a Christian, it's a, that you shouldn't, you shouldn't a hundred percent fit into any of these political parties like today, like may, maybe, maybe political party changes and becomes completely biblical. But as of right now, like you cannot, no party biblical. You cannot, with a with a straight face, with a clear conscience, say that one party is more biblical. Is like is this is the biblical party? This is what you should be following. It's all. I mean, it's okay to be a Christian and be a to be a Democrat. It's okay to be a Christian and be Republican. But just know, like, your votes first and foremost must reflect, like, as close as you can to what to who God is because that's that's who you worship that's that's who you follow that's what we're doing this whole thing for so I agree man thank you for ending with that um we've you know had those discussions personally and I think that they're going to continue to flesh out as we go further and further into this podcast and into our blogs and uh, into our conversations with people you'll start to see that you know to some people Devon and I are probably going to look one way and to other people we're going to look like another way <laughs> so and i think that that's okay you know we're not of this world you know we're not meant to fit inside a box yep. and i think it's important to know that you don't have to just be a one party and you know that be your life because your political party doesn't define you just like your work just like your worth just like your um family none of that defines you what defines you is who you put your trust in for eternity. Yep. Man. Bro, killed it, man. Thank you guys so much for listening. We look forward to uh, getting reviews, hearing from you guys, seeing shares on our social media. Don't and forget to follow us on social media. Don't at forget Dave to follow us. That's right. Throw it back in there. And uh, we look forward to you know keep bringing you guys more content, more good news. And until next time, see y'all All later. Right. Peace. Peace.